take the right door on your way down. There's no telling where you'll end up. Can you make it through? To the night's end. Welcome back, friend. What's that you have there? More food for the things, huh? Well, you are getting deliciously evil now, aren't you? Maybe I'm a bad influence on you. <laughs> Place it down there. I have a great story for you today. Over here. Finding a Lost Pen by Andrew L. Hodges When it came time to make an important notation, Peterson's pen was DOA and his frantic scribbling failed to resuscitate it. The library clerk stared helplessly at the microfilm screen. A long and desolate article stretched out before him with an oasis of juicy info on a desert of minutiae. For the past five hours, he'd been staring at a collage of ancient print and trying to piece together something relevant. He was already burning the midnight oil after five hours amongst the shelves, and it was only the janitor's good graces that allowed him to remain. He was insane to be working at the library part-time while scrounging out his master's degree, but Peterson's neurotic need to be busy was incurable. He had shrugged off the toll of endless late-night research sessions, with the reassurance that it would all pay off when it came time to wow his mentors with a crackerjack presentation. He was pernicious in his ability to hunt down obscure sources, and his superb work ethic assured efficiency. Yet given his position as an assistant sub-librarian, he was ashamed to be caught without a writing utensil. A guardian of letters minus a functional pen was a soldier in the front lines without a gun. Worse yet, a quick glance revealed the dearth of mini-golf pencils in the plastic tray by the keyboard. With a frustrated sigh, ah, Peterson realised that he would have to either trudge all the way into the back office or strut across the library to the front desk and raid the pen cup. Though Peterson was normally industrious, hours of staring at screens made this little exercise seem like an insurmountable task. Then he spotted his salvation laying on the floor not a foot from his ankle. Splayed out, with reckless abandon, was a lonesome-looking ballpoint pen. Without thinking, Peterson snatched it up and completed the note he had been making with a flourish and a smile. His evening-tired investigations were back on track. For a good hour, Peterson did not think about the pen at all. He chewed it listlessly while skimming a slideshow of articles. It was not until he had made another notation that he got his first solid look at his appropriated utensil. The pen's carapace was a shiny metallic blue and had a chrome luster all along the cylindrical body. Scrolled along the abdomen were embossed letters that spelled out a series of words he had to squint to read. Lucky pen, please take. Alongside this little exposition was a symbol that Peterson neither recognised nor comprehended. It was, in fact, very difficult to even get any sense of the icon's shape. 
because the geometry kept shifting even as he perused it. In one instant, it was four orange trapezoids arranged in a clover shape, but in the next, it twisted into a colourful helix. Whenever Peterson tilted or moved the pen ever so slightly, the shapes exploded and collapsed into each other in rapid succession. The symbol was apparently the holographic logo of some company or group, but he did not recognise it. Yet he enjoyed watching the strange logo writhe before him in a blast of exploding geometry as its confirmation writhed and flowed. Peterson did not typically believe in luck. In his mind, a man carved out his destiny little by little with an ever-spinning grindstone. Yet when he left the library that night, Peterson found himself feeling lucky to have the little utensil with him. Something about its strangeness charmed him and made him feel giddy just to have it in his pocket. This was a peculiar emotional state for him, but there was something in the novelty of the pen that broke through his usual austerity and made him feel pleased with its very existence. It was not until he was filling out an order form in the office the next morning that another revelation came. He lowered the pen to write something and saw that the words along the pen's carapace had changed. Peterson squinted, trying to understand what they were telling him. It's been here waiting. Had he misremembered the original writing? The symbol was the same, the exploding helix, but he could have sworn the words were different. He'd not been sleeping well lately. Maybe he was just cracking under the stress of his constant workload. He also wondered if maybe the little doodad was a joke pen of some sort, with shifting holographic letters. To be honest, he had paid very little attention to it when he picked it up. Maybe he had just misconstrued what the pen's letters said. There was no way to be sure, given how groggy he had been lately. He could not seem to concentrate on his work, and had recently been prone to losing his train of thought throughout the day. But he quickly forgot about this little anomaly, as work piled on. The head librarian was giving him an increasingly long list of responsibilities to handle, and so work days were stretching out into the night. Peterson was in part grateful for this. More responsibilities meant more chances to prove himself. The fact that he was slowly being buried alive never occurred to him, nor would it have made any difference if it had. His expectation was that this stint in the library would boost his grad school resume and lead directly to an academic position once he got his degree. Despite the constant stress he now endured, Peterson leaned on his current path towards success with the faith of the saints. During his lunch break that day, he stopped at the bank signing to cash a check. While signing on the X line, he noticed that the words were different once more. He was less phased this time as he read, Waiting your whole life. He still didn't know what the pen was trying to tell him. There was certainly a sequence to the materialising words, but he couldn't yet piece together their point. He finished his business and hurried back to work, the pen once more prominent in his mind. Once seated at his desk, Peterson pondered the pen. The strange exploding symbol still meant nothing to him, but he tried desperately to decipher its existence. He tilted the pen back and forth, watching the helix go through its process of combustion. Peterson liked the mystery, and the riddle of the pen had begun to grip in a very pressing way. He did get a bit of work done, but it was only to keep up appearances. The stress of his schedule was starting to interfere with his capacity to act as a clerk. The head librarian wasn't so much disappointed as simply confused. Peterson was a paragon of the literature department, 
and had never missed a beat when it came to efficiency. All the poor young man could do was explain that he had come down with a sudden illness and was not up to his usual peak performance. All he received from the head librarian was a sad look before being told to return to his duties. Towards the end of the day, Peterson started spending his time hiding behind shelves while he gazed at the pen. It really was a beautiful thing. A silly piece of plastic, or was it, that had captivated him. And those words. But hello, they had changed once again. His peepers drifted over the words on the pen's thorax and his lips pronounced them silently. This was always yours. Then the words changed a final time. One by one, the letters became an unrecognisable mixture of shapes that reminded Peterson of cuneiform. Soon, the English phrase was replaced by a series of non-Euclidean symbols that Peterson could not even hope to decipher. He was not even sure how this occurred. There was no gradual fading or alterations, just a flash of writhing shapes that blended into something new. And then, the exploding helix punctuated the words popped. Peterson did not understand how this occurred, but his mind interpreted what he saw as a bubble bursting. The logo swelled and then shattered into oblivion. It left a tiny hole at the top of the pen just below the button to extend the nib. Peterson was about to rub his thumb over it. When a cascade of things came crawling out, the creatures moved fast, swarming out of the hole and down the body of the pen towards Peterson's hand. There were millions of them, each no bigger than an aphid. Their orange chitinous bodies now running down his finger with the precise slithering of tiny inchworms. Their chitinous bodies would expand outward and then contract with a twisting motion, dragging them forward. Peterson tried to throw the pen away from him, but he found that his muscles were seizing up. His skin began to prickle, itch, and then sting. The last sane thought the workaholic clerk had was, toxins. The creatures kept coming. They covered his arm and were now consuming his shoulder. Millions upon millions, an impossible number, flowed from that hole and onto him. He opened his mouth to scream, only to have them invade the inside of his cheeks and tongue. Soon he was a mannequin of squirming, writhing helices. The mannequin stood still for a moment, then collapsed into an amorphous mass. The creatures started retreating rapidly into the pinhole, returning to their sanctuary as quickly as they had come. The puddle that had once been Peterson shrank and left behind nothing save the library carpet. When the last of them was within the hole, another hatch bearing the holographic helical symbol slid shut over the minuscule aperture. The pen lay still for a moment. Then, from underneath its abdomen, a hatch opened in the once smooth and flawless body. A small, cylindrical bit of metal lowered itself on a robotic lever and angled the cylindrical body upwards. There was a flash of light, a pop of combustion, and the pen shot up into the air. It flew across the library in a parabola and landed on a nearby table. Hours later, the overstressed female secretary of the lawyer's office down the street came bustling by. She was on her lunch break and badly needed to write down the ID of a book she wanted. The old girl had lost the pen she normally carried in her purse and was heading over to the front desk to ask for one. She passed by the table in an innocuous hurry 
and saw the strange chrome tube lying conspicuously abandoned. It mesmerized her immediately, with its weird textures and the ornate writing along the body. Lucky pen, please take. The thing seemed to be holographic, judging by the strange helical device on the end. The sure strangeness of it captivated her immediately. She slipped it into her purse and walked away. And everywhere, all over the earth, people in need of a pen were finding themselves suddenly blessed by good fortune. A banker in Zurich went to sign a document only to discover that she did not have a writing utensil on her person or in her purse. Then she saw a ballpoint perched on the desk by her hand, one that she had never seen before. She plucked it up and used it without a second thought. An academic in Paris was taking a walk in the park. He sat down on a bench and pulled out a pad to make a notation of his thoughts, only to find his pen was out of ink. He glanced down and saw another one laying down on the ground at his feet. To his surprise, it worked like a charm. Tipsy politician in Toronto was at an important dinner and found himself in need of a pen to write down a date on his napkin. He searched his pockets but found them empty. When he looked up, he found a fresh pen sticking out of his wine glass like a toothpick. He wrote drunkenly, then pocketed the pen before going to pay his bill. And all these people, regardless of status or geographical position, were prompted to take their new Jigor by the same inscription along the utensil's side. Lucky pen, please take. You've been listening to the Night's End Podcast, which is a production of Dissonance Media. Finding a Lost Pen was written by Andrew L. Hodges. For more from Andrew, check out his work at Bewildering Stories, the JJ Utre Review, The Hallway Magazine, and Tall Tale TV. Links are in the episode description. If you would like to hear your writing on the podcast, head over to www.nightsendpodcast.com to submit. Until then... Stay horrific, everyone.